Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap up. And Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick, and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. But no Derek White tonight on the back-to-back, so Lyles might get some time. Curry dribbles in, throws it up, back to the basket. It goes in. He got fouled. I don't believe what I just saw. How did he do that? Incredible stuff for Stephen Curry, but that's become the norm, especially on this road trip. But without a doubt this season, Warriors with a nice bounce-back win over the Spurs, 114-91. to Big third quarter for Golden State after the game was tied at the half. 36-20 dubs in the third, and they go on to win this one by 23, 114-91. to We welcome you in here, Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game, 888-957-9570. Uh, Ryan Covey, one way to... One, one way to eliminate all the chatter about how many minutes Stephen Curry should be playing in the fourth quarter is go build a 20-plus point lead and just carry that through and, and, and earn yourself a victory the way the Warriors did tonight. Yeah, every time questions get asked to this team, they've had the answer so far this year. They avoid the three-game losing skid. They avoid dipping below 500. They avoid going one and three on the Texas trip. Like, this was a gotta-have-it kind of game. And and it does kind of make you think, boy, just a little bit more aggressiveness down the stretch uh, in San Antonio last night or maybe even in Dallas over the weekend. And you could add yourself a winning road trip, but alas, uh, two and two is fine. You'll take it. You'll get back home. You'll regroup. Hopefully you'll get healthier. Uh, and, and this was a complete team win. J.D., one of the better, best def- defensive performances uh, I've seen and that we've seen from the Golden State Warriors in a long time. Yeah, the Warriors held San Antonio to 37.2% shooting just one night after holding them in the 40 to 41% shooting uh, range. The story of the game last night was turnovers, and tonight the script was flipped. It was San Antonio... Uh, who had turnover issues at times, the Warriors uh, scoring 19 points off of the 14 turnovers. The total number actually didn't end up being terrible, but on the Warriors' side of things, they turned it over just 10 times after the 20 turnovers in the ballgame last night, and the Warriors were the team tonight with more field goal attempts and they were able to correct that. A lot of things the Warriors did better tonight, but it was first and foremost the turnovers that helped flip this game back in their favor compared to where it wound up uh, a night ago. 
Yeah, no question. And when you routinely get beaten on the glass, particularly on the offensive glass, Warriors, the worst offensive rebounding team in the NBA, uh, tonight they had the advantage, 10-8, and uh, it seems like a small thing, but just to create a few extra possessions is massive. And when you're shooting the rock the way that the Warriors were as a team tonight, 17-40 of from three-point range, you're going to win a lot of games when you shoot 42% from three-point range, what they were able to do tonight. Uh, And this was just, I I feel like this was kind of an old-school Warriors win in the sense where they set the tone defensively. They're getting stops. They're getting out in transition. And in the third quarter, that was just kind of an, an old school Warriors avalanche, right? And, and it's Steph hitting a bunch of shots. There was, uh, you know, Bazemore had a really big third quarter. So uh, it was just, you could tell they were, their energy was up. Their, their intent was up. And they weren't going to go home one and three. They were not going to let that happen. There was a little ho-hum first half. Uh, and they took this thing over in the third quarter. And even I thought played a really good fourth quarter as well. Shout out to Eric Pascal who got his offense game going late in that game as well so a uh, great team win tonight and that'll be a good flight home for the dubs eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero warriors wrap up with jd and covey here on 95 seven the game is the warriors now thir- uh, 13 and 12 on the season as the games come flying along now 25 games uh, into this season also uh, you mentioned eric pascal uh, a big positive for the Warriors uh, in the ball game tonight was the fact that they were able to uh, they were able to sustain uh, where the game was at and actually build on leads uh, in the first half. The the bench unit a plus two. This group of of Wanamaker, Lee, Ubre, Wiggins, Pascal. It was the same lineup at the start of the second and the fourth tonight. It was the maligned lineup that let things get out of hand in the ball game last night. That same group. Tonight, a plus two in the first half, a plus three uh, in the fourth quarter after they had been staked to to a lead going into the fourth quarter. And they pushed it back up to a point where you thought, all the conversation about Curry, it it looked for a minute there like Curry and Draymond maybe weren't even going to come back in the game at all because that group was able to extend the lead that had already been built a much different night from a unit that that got thoroughly outplayed uh, just 24 hours earlier. Yeah, and typically in the NBA, the team that plays with more desperation uh, tends to win. And look, the Spurs had been on a nice run. They were, you know, 14 and 10, feeling pretty good about where their season was at. You know, they're, they're getting some guys back. I know they're, they're out. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and, and Derek White is still kind of, you know, still trying to get back into health. But uh, the, the Warriors flat out, it didn't matter who, you know, who they were playing tonight. Like, they just needed to get a win. And when you set the tone like that defensively, uh, it goes a long way. And, and there's, there was a little hustle plays too that I saw tonight. Guys moving off the ball. When the Warriors have active feet, that's when they're at their most dangerous, J.D. And and look, I know I've, I've personally been hard on Draymond Green. Uh, the, the performances have been a little sporadic, but tonight Draymond Green was, was locked in. And, and we can't just, you know, the assist totals are eye-popping. Draymond Green is a brilliant brilliant facilitator of the basketball that was on display again tonight another another double digit assist night for him so got to give some props to Draymond uh and and yeah I, I just felt like they really set the tone defensively and I know we'll look and see the third quarter they scored 36 pushed the lead up to 16 they held San Antonio to 20 points that quarter uh and every quarter you know they, they got better as the game went on and I thought you know it was just they were playing with desperation tonight and and the Spurs didn't match it especially in the second half so you get a runaway win by the Warriors 
Yeah, and a third quarter where the game really, to me, felt at halftime similar to last night's game. Like, yeah, Big it was time. you know kind of a ho hum, but hey, their Warriors are going to have to figure it out down the stretch, and and they might find themselves in a, in a similar position where it's like, well, when's Curry going to come back in, and are they going to be down eight, or are they going to be up two? And but but the Warriors were able to put all of that to bed with the way that they played in that third quarter, outscoring San Antonio thirty six to twenty. You mentioned Draymond Green and. Another double-digit assist night for him. 11 total assists for Draymond Green. That's a career-best streak, uh, him doing it in his fourth consecutive game. The last time any Warrior, this one was hard to believe for me when the great Raymond Ritter handed this note out. The last time a Warrior had a four-game streak of of double-digit assists, Got to go all the way back to 2012 uh, and Stephen Curry, not surprising that he would be the one to do it uh, necessarily, but going all the way back to 2012 was a little bit uh, of a surprise and the sixth double-digit assist game of the season. Uh, He was on point tonight in his just under 32 minutes of play, Uh, but let's not bury the lead here, right? I mean, great win for the Warriors, and we'll get into uh, a lot of the different things and and how what happens tonight impacts and maybe changes a little bit of the conversation that we were having going into the night about what happened last night, but Stephen Curry, uh, I, I mean, just out of this freaking world right now, the level that Stephen Curry's playing on. 32 more tonight, and he goes for the four-game trip for an average of 37.3. This guy, I mean, Steve Kerr says it, and and you're just and you're thinking, really? Like this guy was a unanimous MVP, a, a back-to-back MVP, all of the great things that Steph Curry has done. And Steve Kerr maintained he doubled down tonight, saying Steph's playing as well as he ever has. He's been just absolutely spectacular uh, on this trip and, and really, really for a while <laughs> going back over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, vintage Steph and maybe even on a higher level because we're seeing Steph do it without the supporting cast that he had around him for so many I mean, let's face it, more is being asked of him. With all due respect to Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, that's not Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, right? Uh, you don't have Andre Iguodala coming off the bench now. You got Damian Lee and Brad Wanamaker instead of uh, you know Iguodala and Livingston. It's, it's a whole different deal uh, for this basketball team and, and those guys in that locker room. Let's face it, after last night, everybody's looking to Steph, and, and I know collectively the, the rest of the guys knew that they didn't hold up their end of the bargain and do enough. I mean, Steph can't literally do everything uh, other guys have to contribute, but see, that's where you get a night like tonight. And and look, it, even like those, those the secondary contributors that we're used to seeing, guys like Wiggins and Ubre, they didn't have good shooting nights. I mean, they were a combined what nine of twenty eight from the floor, three of ten from three. But both of those guys were such active defenders tonight uh, that just can't be understated. But it's Steph Curry leading the charge, man. I mean, this is he's found a, you know even another gear if that was even possible. Um, I do think the time off served him well. The time during quarantine, he said he spent a lot of time with his family. Obviously, he's in good shape. I just think it was a a great opportunity for him to recharge the batteries. And look, early in the year, uh, he was still adjusting to life without Clay Thompson. I mean, this whole offseason, J.D., you know, we're going through COVID and we're thinking, okay, the return of the Splash Brothers, right? That's all we heard. Steph and Clay coming back. Let's run it back. Let's see what it looks like. Got Draymond, got Wiggins, and then boom, Clay goes down. And so we never got to see uh, you know, what that was going to look like this year because obviously they won't have Clay this season. So I think Steph had to go through an adjustment period 
period, Uber was struggling mightily, and they had to kind of figure out how this offense worked, right? And and now here we are, uh, what, 25 games into the season. I think we've got a pretty good idea. Steph knows on, on most nights he's going to need to be that dude, but that's all right. He's a superstar. He's capable of doing it, and as long as you get the ancillary contributions, Warriors can win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, and it was the 16-point third quarter tonight that, that really helped uh, blow this thing open as that was the difference uh, in the third quarter. 36-20, Warriors outscoring them by 16. Steph had 16. It was 16 in the first half for Steph, then 16 in that third quarter, and then they didn't need him to do much in the fourth quarter tonight because the Warriors were able to build that lead all the way up to 24 and walk out of AT&T Center in San Antonio with a 114-91 victory uh, over the Spurs. 888-957-9570. It is Warriors wrap-up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors now 13-12 and on the year. 2-2 two and two trip for Golden State. Uh, and the Warriors, uh, at this point, the night is not finished. Just looking uh, at, at the standings overall. But the one thing that is good, as jumbled up as the Western Conference is, having a tiebreaker over anybody, what everybody West versus West is going to play three times, there's going to be some true tiebreakers, uh, obviously, in play here in terms of head-to-head. Having a tiebreaker over San Antonio, when you look at the difference between the Warriors, who currently sit in ninth, uh, and San Antonio in fifth, just one game separating, having that tiebreaker is a a big deal. I know uh, with everything else going on in the world and, and the NBA, and, and, and the weird state of things, uh, that's not really at the forefront of anybody's mind, I think, on a night-in, night-out basis. But it is something nice for the Warriors to have in, the, in their back pocket uh, as we move toward this middle third of this season. Yeah, that's their job is to win basketball games, regardless of what's going on in the world. These guys make a lot of money to, to play. They make a king's ransom to play a, a kid's game. I think that's the way Lo Neal uh, describes professional athletes. I think he's referring to football because he's a football guy, but it, it's all applicable across the board here. And so, yeah, that's their job. And absolutely, the San Antonio Spurs, it was surprising to me. The Spurs, the only team in the NBA since 2012 with a winning record against the Golden State Warriors. Blow your mind, right? I mean, we know the, the Greg Popovich and, and Steve Kerr, Kerr being part of that coaching tree there's a little bit of you know big brother little brother relationship there and um this is important for the Warriors to to beat the Spurs got them two out of three times now could have had all three I mean if we're being honest um but that's where you know last night it it still stings a bit but um you know I'm always a big believer JD and it's not how you start it's how you finish and and coming home after a win to salvage a two and two road trips a lot better than coming home had this script been flipped and they won big last night and then and then tricked off the uh, the final game so um you know absolutely a, a good win against a quality outfit in San Antonio and like I said I just I love the way that this team defended tonight they're always going to be able to separate themselves with defensive effort with all their length and and they were able to do it again tonight Uh, we hadn't seen this in a couple of games by the dubs uh, but they certainly found their defensive identity again tonight yeah, and let's pose that question. I mean, does does the win tonight, uh, you know, does that uh, assuage any of the concerns about Ooh, about last night? D- does it change the way you look uh, at, at this you know trip as a whole? I, I mean, do, do you feel like how, how do you feel about a two and two trip? I guess is the be- is the best way to put it. Do you feel like all right, two and two price of admission nine two five on the text line chiming in two and two solid all things considered uh then goes on you now Brad Wanamaker to, to mention his struggles but I think you would take two and two going in and you take two and two coming out but when you look at the four games as a whole 
I feel like, man, 3-1 and one was right there, whether it was either the game last night or the game uh, on Saturday night in, in Dallas where Stephen Curry went off. Uh, d- does 2-2 two and two feel like a good trip? It, it does to me, and, and, and I'll be honest, I'm the first one that kind of goes down the panic road whenever there's a, a game that, get, you know, that, that sets things a little – sets things a little bit off kilter. Like last night, it's like, wait a minute, that one was there. You played pretty well. The turnovers wrecked it. You couldn't execute down the stretch. I'm the first one that kind of goes, well, if you lose tonight, all of a sudden you're in big trouble. So then you win tonight, and it just it, it calms everything down immediately. That, that tends to be how I view it. Uh, but I, I know people look at it uh, in, in different ways. Eight 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 nine five. 7 It's Warriors wrap-up on, on 95.7 The Game. Here are John Dickinson and Orion Covey. Warriors, uh, they get the win tonight, 114-91 to as Golden State splits the trip. And the Warriors are going to be back in action on Thursday night uh, right here on 95.7 The Game as they'll take uh, the Orlando Magic. will open up what will be a four-game homestand for the Warriors. It's the Magic and then the Nets, uh, followed by uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers on Monday, and then the Miami Heat are in Chase Center a week from tomorrow night. All right, let's get up uh, to Allen in Alameda. Allen, you're up first here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Allen. Yes, I agree. Thank you uh, for taking my call here. You know, um, I've been noticing this... um, for, for about Terry's uh, playing time here, and I know to me it's affecting the like if if he would come in like around seven minutes or so, uh, like in the second quarter or like in fourth quarter, it's like he's not, he's not even playing. He's missing one quarter the whole the whole game. If you would uh, uh, some other minutes, he comes in like five minutes between five to six minutes in a game in the second quarter and fourth quarter. I mean I know we won tonight. But last night, maybe he could. He came in early. Maybe everything would have been different. And why? Why is that? Why is he getting so much rest? I mean, he's he's hot. Why? Why keep him on the bench for so long? Come in at least seven minutes. So you know, that's that's my one issue about him coming in around well, five minutes and a half or six minutes. And also, I, I see Wiggins sometimes. He'll come in there. He'll pump in like ten, fifteen, twenty points, and sometimes he's so cold. And officiating on the call at the risk, these referees, we got so many bad calls in the last, I would say, five games, and it's going against us. So thank you very much for taking my call, okay? Thanks, Alan. Appreciate the phone call. Look, Steph Curry's got it. He's got to rest somewhere. <laughs> and uh, he likes playing the entire first and third quarters, he likes finishing quarters, and. He like they want to, the Warriors want to mirror his minutes as much as they can with Draymond Green. So the, if you change the when Steph is going to be in and out there, then you have to change maybe when Draymond Green's in and out because they want to. So there's it's not just as simple as uh, you know changing the rotation to give Steph a couple extra minutes here or there. The, the only way you really can do it is if you just bring him back a little bit sooner in the fourth quarter. Tonight right. it didn't come into play at all. Uh, but really, the, the change you're talking about is uh, it's a night-to-night change where you you just determine, hey, instead of maybe six minutes, you're going to play them eight, and it's not something you have to do. But th- if you are going to make a switch, it's going to be 
the type of switch where you're adding, you're just going to add a couple of minutes toward that back end of the fourth quarter. You're not really going to give him extra minutes off because it would tend to throw everything else out of whack. Yeah, just uh, have a little bit of, of fluidity with that, right? And it's on a case-by-case basis. You probably only would even need to do it, J.D., you know, a handful of times a year. Uh, but I mentioned how Steph's having to adapt to life without, you know, all the, the Hall of Fame cast of characters that he played with for so many years, all those championships. And so when you don't have those guys at your disposal like Steve Kerr was used to, well, Steph Curry is your best option. And sometimes that might mean playing him a couple of extra minutes. The thing that I really liked tonight, J.D., was these guys, you know, I like to say, like, these guys have the Internet, too. Like, they heard all the last night about the way the game ended minutes and and Kerr's comments and and kind of some of the backlash from that I felt like tonight this was let's go get this one for our head coach because Steve Kerr he he basically you know took the bullets for Draymond last night even though he didn't have to and certainly I I think that wasn't required of him but he did it anyway he's always he protected Steph as far as the minutes and and all that like these guys they they play for each other And, and regardless of how we may feel about the decisions JD when you go big picture and you've got that kind of chemistry and that kind of camaraderie and that kind of leadership from your coach and the guys clearly want to play for him, that's not nothing because the 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 margins were were fell on the defensive side of the ball tonight for me first. And for me, defense is always going to be effort. And and you play like you give that kind of effort for your coach, for your team, for you know, for each other. And I don't mean it to kind of sound too cheesy around it, but that's kind of the deal. Right. And I felt like this was one of those games where they were they were going to go out there and win this game for their head coach. And, and so they made sure that they were having a good flight home. So I think that's a really good sign for this team. Eight at eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero Warriors wrap up. Let's get to law abiding citizen. He's up next here on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, man? Hey, J.D. and Kobe. I want to welcome you guys. I'm all the way up in Kelseyville listening to you guys. I know Kelseyville. Video.com app, and you guys sound great. All the way up here. Anyways, the uh, the Warriors, they go to Texas and they do the Texas two-step. And, you know, they were they were on the cusp of getting that 3-1. They could have eased. They could have done it. But, you know what, this this little mini, you know, trip to Texas is kind of kind of symbolic of what their season is going to be. And, sadly, that's going to be a 500 season. But, you know what, as a Warriors fan, I'm not mad right now. And I'm not expecting them – to go on some huge run, whatever. But what I do see is I see promise in a lot of these guys. The Warriors got to figure out a lot of stuff. This guy Brad Wanamaker, like they got to, they got to. Is this guy going to be on the team? I've been calling him Brad Nunnemaker. Shouts out Joe Dirt. But uh, anyways, you guys are rocking. Love you guys. I love listening to you guys every time after the game. You guys rock. Anyways, you guys have a great night. All right, appreciate the call. Wanamaker did knock down a three in the in the fourth quarter, and it was a much needed one. I thought Damian Lee made the three for him because he he was such a great extra pass, and Lee was knocking shots down all night, but but yet he he made the right basketball play to get the ball to Wanamaker, even though he had been struggling. He had the the two just awful back to back turnovers uh, as well. So for him to hit the hit that shot, I, I, it was kind of a big moment. It felt like. Uh, for Wanamaker. I, I mean, is he going to be on the team next year? Uh, I mean, stay tuned. We'll, we'll have to have a conversation right. about that in May. But but he was signed to a deal just you know, similar to the way Kelly Oubre was brought in here. Like, not everybody on this team this year, I, I say this all the time, is necessarily a part of the future plans. But the one thing you do need is a steady, 
backup point guard that can give you at least 12 minutes. And even on a bad night, uh, I think Wanamaker still can do that uh, to the point where the Warriors don't have a better option. So, like, they, they, they don't have a better option as a backup point guard. So until you have a better option, yeah, he is going to be on the team, and he is still going to be playing a minimum of probably about 12 minutes a game uh, because that's what he was brought here to do, and the Warriors are just going to have to figure out ways to – to, to make do and, and try and you know try and survive if, if he's struggling. I mean, he's got to play better. I think he knows he's got to play better. Everybody knows he's got to play better. Yeah, and, and look, like the, the Warriors have salary cap issues. I think we all know that. They're, they're deep into the luxury tax, all this. You know, Joe Lacob's paying out the wazoo. There was only so much they were going to be able to spend on Brad Wanamaker. And, you know, look, Wanamaker, he's a solid defender. We know that he's got size, he's got length. He he fits a lot of the he has a lot of the attributes that the Warriors are looking for. The ability to switch, to guard multiple positions. Like Brad Wanamaker is a is a really bright dude. He he understands the game. Like he's got his limitations offensively just because he's not a great shooter. Um and and right now he's his game's off a little bit, but I think by and large Brad Wanamaker's done a fine job this year. I know there's there's been a few people on the text line and some of the callers maybe, you know, quote coming down his road a little bit, but by and large, I mean, he had a couple of moments moments tonight where he made the extra pass in his own right uh, because he's not confident with a shot, but he made some really nice plays. I mean, he ended up with four dimes tonight in 16 minutes. I, look, for for Steph Curry's backup, you're not going to be playing a whole hell of a lot, but I actually like Wanamaker. I think he's going to be just fine, and I totally agree with you, J.D. Uh, Brad Wanamaker is a placeholder until this team you know, has a, uh, you know, a, a, I don't know, a more complete point guard backup to Steph Curry, if you will, but regardless, you could do a whole hell of a lot worse than Brad Wanamaker, too. I think, by and large, he's actually been pretty just going through a little a bit of a tough stretch right now well and again it the difference is do you want you want brad wanamaker you want kai bowman and and the reality is you want brad wanamaker like it's just there's there's a level it's it's there's a difference between having kelly Oubre and glenn robinson the third no disrespect to glenn robinson the third like you you want you need proven NBA caliber rotation players and and Wanamaker is that even when he struggles and and look his ability to just take those minutes and and, and to where like it could be worse now that being said it may have to get better next year if the Warriors believe that they're going to be a, a Western Conference, you know, finals or potential NBA finals contending kind of a team a year from sure. now. But again, that's not a conversation for right now. Right now, I think he's doing his job. He's He's been disappointing overall in, in terms of the numbers and the inability to make a shot. I think that's 100% a fair thing to, to throw out there. But uh, at this point, not everybody that, that's brought in, I always say this, is is meant to be uh, a member of your squad forever. So let's just take it game to game and year year by year uh, as far as Wanamaker goes. Let's get to Andy. Uh, Andy's up next year on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, J.D. and Kobe? Uh, thanks for taking my so call. Uh, all in all, when it comes down to this road trip right here, I definitely think if Wiseman is in or if Looney's in, any type of big man, really, we at least go 3-1 and one. Maybe 4-0, depending on if they kept up that defensive intensity, which I assume they would have. But, like, today was a great team win. You got Wiggins with 14, Kelly with 12, Steph did Steph things, 32. But I want to highlight Juan Toscano-Anderson, Juan T. Or as I like to call him, Juan Tostada-Anderson, because that man's game is so crispy. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you want to talk about, If you want to talk about proven NBA rotation players, 
Juan Toscano Anderson has worked so hard on his game, especially since last year where the guy couldn't hit a three. I mean, he bailed himself out with a three early in the first quarter when he was kind of fumbling and dumbling. And this whole four-game stretch, he has been really underrated and a crucial part of this Warrior squad. So I ask you this question, will we see Juan Toscano Anderson on a guaranteed contract with the Warriors, let's say maybe later in the season or even next season? Because I know we kind of have to limit his minutes because he's on that two-way, his games is a game, uh, game-by-game basis. So I want to ask you guys that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. And I uh, listen to you guys every night, so appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate it, Andy. I, I don't think it's going to be an issue this year that the Warriors are going to have to decide. And, and again, I mean, not to, not to kick the can down the line. I mean, I, Steve Kerr has said he believes Juan Toscano-Anderson should be somebody that eventually is on uh, a, a full NBA contract. I think the Warriors would, would love to have him. But, again, it's, it's somewhat similar to the Brad Wanamaker conversation, even though I think the sentiment – in terms of the fans with Juan Toscano Anderson is probably more favorable uh, because Juan Toscano Anderson has played, I think, better in in more limited minutes, but he's also a local kid, which I think everybody likes as well. So I, I think, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson gets some, some bonus points from the fan base for, for being somebody that, that grew up in Oakland. So uh, I, I think it just remains to be determined. Uh, I, I think yeah. if if he continues to play well – Sure, I think the Warriors would be open to that. I think the other teams would, would probably be open to that. But I would put him in a similar category to, to Wanamaker where, look, you can't keep everybody and you don't always necessarily want to keep everybody if your goal is to level up from wherever this year ends. Yeah, I, I like Juan Toscano-Anderson. They don't have to make that decision right now. Let this year play out. Juan Toscano-Anderson's playing fine. He's He's been versatile. He's he's shown up when needed him. Um, you know, he, he had a stretch where he didn't play for a couple weeks, J.D., and he said after he had that big game and we finally saw him, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I love his attitude. He's got a level of humility to him. Paid some dues down there in Santa Cruz. So uh, if it's not with the dubs, I think Juan Toscano-Anderson will find himself on an NBA roster next year. You hope so. Seems like a good dude. Uh, and, and I absolutely like his game right now. So regardless of what the future may hold for him, he's going to have a part to play on this team, especially if the Warriors aren't going to have any bigs for any time soon. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey on 95.7. The game Warriors get the win 114-91. to We'll come back. We'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. We'll also hear uh, from Draymond Green and others. How you feeling about this trip now with the Warriors uh, at 2-2? Two and two? Good trip, or did they leave one uh, on the table, uh, either in San Antonio or Dallas, that they should have should have gotten uh, to set themselves up uh, in a little bit of a different position. Uh, we'll keep it rolling here uh, on 95.7 The Game. Damian Lee on the deflection. Gets it ahead to Curry in the front court. Behind the back, he sheds Patty Mills. Euro steps inside hand. That was sweet <laughs> by Curry. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. All right, roll along here on a Tuesday night. Warriors win 114-91. Golden State, the 2-2 road trip. They split a pair in San Antonio after splitting a pair 
in Dallas, now 13-12 and 12 on the season. 8-8, 9-5-7, 9 5 Another spectacular night for Stephen Curry, 32 points, 11-20 shooting, knocked down four threes, and Steph going for uh, just a cool 37.3 average uh, in the four games on the trip. Oh, by the way, he had 38 uh, in the game before the Warriors went uh, on the trip. Uh, against the Celtics in the 111-107 loss. Uh, asking the question here uh, on the phones and via text, uh, h- how you feeling about a 2-2 two and two trip? Is that uh, an acceptable trip, or does it feel like it, it should have and could have been more? A lot of people chiming in, Covey, on the on the text line. Yeah. Uh, no Wiseman, lo- no Looney, 2-2 two and is a great trip. I uh, can't even see how anyone would panic before the All-Star break, but that's a great trip. Uh, I, I, I get that. I mean, nine players, the first two games and then 10 in the last two. Uh, and again, I always think you have to take what you would have taken go, going into it and going into it. I think you absolutely would have signed up and taken two and two. It's just more as it played out, uh, with opportunities really to win all four games, you get a little greedy and want to, want to make it a three and one at a minimum. Yeah, I mean, look, the the two wins, they beat the brakes off of the Mavericks and the Spurs, so you know they're capable of it. And then the two losses, they went went down to the wire, and it was a couple of possessions, a couple of things. And, and really, I think it wasn't so much a product of the Mavericks in particular beating the Warriors. It was the Warriors kind of beating themselves. And even last night, I mean, 20 turnovers and, and poor execution down the stretch and nobody other than Steph Curry scoring in the fourth quarter. Like, that, that was stuff that was fixable. Now, you give the Spurs credit for the way they defended down the stretch, but by and large, that was certainly a winnable game. So it's it's really you can you can answer that questions two ways because you and I had the conversation before the trip. We're like, dude, you got no bigs, two and two. Oh hell yeah, you'll take it. I just said you can't go one and three. Like that's that's what you have to absolutely avoid. But the other question is, well, seeing how the four games played out, how do you feel about going two and two? The reality is they could have been three and one, even four and oh. So um, it's it's really depends on you know if you want to play Monday morning quarterback or not. Uh, but I think. Based on where they're at in the standings, they're a game out of fifth place. You know, they're a game behind the Spurs who are fifth in the West. Like, they're fine right now. I just feel like if they can start to add a little bit more consistency, J.D., and and do the things that we see them do when they win and win big on a more consistent basis, uh, the Golden State Warriors could peel off, you know, I don't know, seven out of ten, something like that. And then they could be right in the thick of it in the Western Conference. So it's just, you know, right now when you're 500, you're teetering. It could go either way. Now, they haven't oscillated too much one way or another at any point, hence no three-game winning streaks or losing streaks this year. But, hey, they're right in the hunt, so you'll take it. We were talking a lot uh, about Brad Wanamaker and you know just his up-and-down uh, play, and, and it's been mostly down. I, th- I, I think if you ask Warriors fans, hey, Brad Wanamaker, has he been a disappointment overall or not? I think most Warriors fans would say, yeah, he's been a disappointment, still a place on this team. Uh, Ubre, uh, the five one zero checks in and says, I'm finding Ubre uh, is an odd fit. Am I alone in this feeling? <laughs> well, no, you're not uh, alone in this feeling. But uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, the nine two five checks in. Juan Toscano Anderson, absolute money. The guy's a great Swiss Army knife. Uh, the point that I'm trying to make in, in bringing all those, and I think Ubre is a great example. Ubre might just be a one-year guy, and Wanamaker might just be a one-year guy, and Juan Toscano-Anderson might just be somebody that, that really helps this Warriors team that they'd like to keep, but ultimately down the line either feel they need to 
get somebody better and more established or may wind up having uh, another better offer if he plays well enough down the line. I haven't seen enough of Juan Toscano Anderson yet to, to be saying that he's a bona fide you know, rotation player in the league. Now, he's played that way this last handful of games, but he's going to have to do it over – 38 you know 40 games here down the stretch of the season uh to to really to really prove it to be true as as well yeah no question and look i mean it's again it's two separate conversations like are these guys going to be good enough to get you know be uh, secondary pieces for this team to make the playoffs this year i think so and i'm talking about wanamaker and toscano anderson and Ubre. they're all going to have a part to play and they've all had their moments uh their ups and downs uh certainly uh, more downs for wanamaker lately but Here's the thing, like you, you look to next year and that's the other conversation, how it applies to the future of this basketball team outside of Steph Curry, I'll say Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, uh, probably uh, what Pascal even, I, I'm not even sure that's a guarantee, but certainly I'll go Wiseman, Green, Wiggins, Curry, those four guys. You could yeah. probably set in stone that they're going to be here next year out. And then Clay Thompson, you know, provided he's can, can get healthy and come back. That's probably your starting five. That's cool. Outside of that, that bench, it is a very fluid situation, my friend, as well it should be. Yeah, it, the, the bench could be – uh, the bench could be completely different next year. Yeah, at this point, like you, you might by the end of the year, uh, you know, if, look, if Wanamaker has the season that he's had to this point over the final two thirds of it, and we should point out there are still two thirds of the season uh, remaining, minus a game, so things can flip, and we may have a totally different take and and on him as things evolve. But if Wanamaker plays the way that he played, has played to this point for the last two-thirds of the season, he probably won't be back next year because the Warriors will say we need to get uh, an improvement at that backup point guard slot. Uh, I think they're going to they're gonna look at everybody. I think Pascal, his, his role with this team next year, I think, is up in the air. I, I think uh, I think there's a lot of guys. You know, Bazemore. Is Bazemore somebody that, that would figure to be in the plans next year? 50-50 bet, uh, I would say. Ubre without question. I mean, uh, you know, as much as the Warriors do need him to, to fill the void w- with the loss of, of Clay Thompson, just that bona fide NBA player. So the thing that you got to constantly keep in mind and keep telling yourself is that this is a, a twofold kind of a season for the Warriors. They, they are trying to develop. They are trying to, to learn about what they have and who is a potential future fit. They're also trying to win uh, as much as they can right now. But they also are trying to just get by, I think, and, and just have enough healthy, quality NBA players to be able to go out there and, and give it an honest effort on a night-in, night-out basis, which is something that they didn't have last year. Even if they would have had Steph Curry all year last year, they didn't have enough of those kind of players on that roster last year. This year, they're much closer to it with Oubre and Wiggins and Wanamaker and Lee, uh, who was here last year. But Bazemore is another example of that. Like, all those guys... Are they're in a much better spot uh, than they were last year in terms of just having bona fide NBA players on their roster? No question. And and look, that's 
you can't just overhaul this thing in a night. I mean, it's let's just wind back the clock for a second, J.D., and I know it's painful for Warriors fans to go through this exercise, but I think it's important that we remember this. Uh, the team that limped across the finish line and, and went down to the Raptors in six games in the NBA Finals, there was points early last season where Steve Kerr didn't have anybody that he had available to him in those NBA Finals. Did he have available to him to dress for basketball games like in November and December of 2019, right? I mean, everything changed. So, yeah, you've gotten some of these guys back healthy. Uh, not all of them, of course. You don't have Clay Thompson yet. But as that's happened, they've also had to kind of overhaul this thing on the fly. A lot of the guys that were here last year aren't here this year. They're, they're, it's in a continuous overhaul as well it should be. But this was it's all part of the cycle of life. Like there's Again, I, I think it's easy with, when you say, oh, this guy's not good enough, that guy's not good enough. Well, okay, but what were the options that the Warriors have? Like the big moves that they've made, like the guys that are going to be cornerstone pieces, the only thing a Warriors fan should really be worried about right now, if we're being honest, how does Andrew Wiggins look? How does that work out with him and Draymond and Steph? Does that work? Okay, cool. That works awesome because that's the most important. How does James Wiseman look, right? That's that's what matters going into the future. I mean, honestly, with all due respect to Bazemore and Wanamaker and Ubre, it really doesn't matter as it applies to anything beyond this season. So can they be a placeholder this season? Absolutely. Can the Warriors look to upgrade in the offseason? Absolutely. Will they be a better basketball team next year? I would say so when you got Klay Thompson coming back, a couple more draft picks. Like, yeah, this team will be even better next year. So it's important to kind of understand how we got here. It's not about blame or anything like that. It's just that's the score. They're clearly a better team than they were last year. And by the way, J.D., if I could just for a moment, uh, if they beat Orlando – on Thursday night, they're going to be in a position to get their 15th win on Saturday night, which, oh, yeah, you guessed it would equal the 15 wins they got all year last year. So things are obviously much better so far. Yeah, they're, they're in a much better place uh, at, at 13 and 12 uh, than they were a year ago when they wound up 15 and 50. And a big part of that is is Stephen Curry, who continues to just go yeah. off. Uh, on a night in, night out basis, and uh, you know it, it is interesting when you look at at some of the. I, I have seen a couple of NBA uh, MVP stories within the last week. We're starting to get to that point, a quarter of the way, a third of the way now through the season, where you start to see you know the MVP ladder and and things like that, and people writing articles and 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 putting names out there. Uh, look, the only thing keeping. Stephen Curry off uh, of any of those lists and there were a couple where I was surprised I know it's kind of the, the warrior fan mantra is well Steph's never going to get the respect and it's the media and he's not going to be in the conversation there was one I can't even remember what wh where I read it but he wasn't even in the top 10 which was just absolutely disgraceful <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. your list is trash uh, at that point your without list is trash. without getting into that without getting into that specifically like he is going to be top five in the MVP if this Warriors team can separate from 500 that's what it's going to take like it like to me that it's not right. that Steph isn't playing at that level but they're going to have to be closer to a 40 win team I think than a 37 win team and I know it's such a fine line like he's playing at the level he's playing at like I'm not saying he's not playing at that level but for the for the notoriety to come and you know from from the people that, that vote on this stuff and, and discuss it, the, the Warriors are going to have to win at a little bit of a higher level than they have to this point. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, part of that And that's not taking anything away from Steph. The, the, I think, 
Well, of course not. No, no you, you have a, a keen understanding on how these MVP awards have been disseminated over the years. So I think you're spot on. It's just like it ain't going to Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal could average 33.5 points all year for Washington. If they win 20 games, ain't going to make a lick of difference. He ain't winning the MVP, okay? Like, the MVP will go to a, a player on a team that's in the top, percentile of the NBA standings. It's just that simple. Where Steph, I think, could could separate himself is, I think already the perception is, is this Warriors team's overachieving? And I'll be honest, like, I threw down a little bit of scroll this week on Steph. He was plus 1,100. I was like, hey, look, the way he's going right now, uh, he, he certainly, I feel better about it this week than I did even two weeks ago. And, and the other thing that could happen to J.D., Steph could remain this hot. I mean, we could see it. Steph could average in excess of 30 points a game. He's, he's second in the NBA in scoring right now. If he finishes, you know, averaging 32 points a game, something like that, and the Warriors are the fourth seed, um, or, the, you know, the fifth seed even, I think that's highly uh, possible that he'll win the MVP. But it ain't going to happen if, if the Warriors are a seventh seed or an eighth seed. That, that dies on the vine. I think fifth seed on up is the only way that Steph wins the MVP. And he has to be either leading the NBA in scoring or behind Bradley Beal, and he certainly can't slip. But the good news is I think the guy's got it in him, provided he stays healthy. He's in a great groove right now. Let's keep in mind, J.D., he got off to a bit of a slow start shooting the rock. Remember when Steph was, like, sixth on the Warriors in three-point percentage? Yeah, I think those days are behind us. So he's found his rhythm. Uh, it's it's entirely plausible that Steph wins an MVP. The, the team's just going to have to play better around him. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap up, Warriors win it 114-91 to uh, as they are now 13-12 and and a four-game homestand coming up for the Warriors as they take on the Magic and, and that to me becomes a game uh, before we hear from Steve Kerr, you know, th- to me that's one you got to get. The Magic are 9-15, and yep. they've been dealing with injuries, they're, they're at the bottom uh, toward the bottom uh, of the Eastern Conference. Uh, I'm looking at them right now. They're 13th currently. Uh, they're down there with the Wizards and the Pistons, not quite uh, as low as them. They're about to the lose Bulls. tonight, too. Yeah, they're about yeah, to lose and, to Portland tonight, too. And the Cavs, so they're, they're going to drop even farther down. And, and the Cavs, who, who had a hot stretch but have dropped four in a row, are going to be here on the President's Day holiday on Monday. Sandwiched in between uh, is, is the Brooklyn Nets, who, you know, for all the talk about Brooklyn and the big three, and I know they've been out w- without Durant. You know, Brooklyn's 14-12. I, I mean, you look at it, Brooklyn's 14. The Warriors are 13-12, are and Brooklyn's 14-12 and doesn't play a lick of defense. So uh, we saw what happened uh, in the opener. Very different team for Brooklyn, obviously, now with James Harden in the, in the mix and the like. Uh, but uh, And then Cleveland after that, and, and then Miami, who's starting to put it together after after really uh, struggling. They've won three in a row. I mean, this is kind of a mixed bag of a homestand here uh, coming up for the Warriors. But but I want to stick with Thursday. You know, Thursday's one that you got to get uh, yeah. to build off of the, the, the road trip and the win tonight. And to push yourself again back in that conversation where maybe you can you can separate on the plus side from 500. Yeah, break free of the orbit, right, JD? I mean, that's what we've been looking for. Haven't won three in a row all year. Haven't lost three in a row all year. They've been in the tug. And I, I think again, you know, I tweeted this out after the game. If you want to look glass half full, every time we start to question this team. 
They've had the answer. They've had a lot of resolve. But the reason that they keep having questions answered is because they keep losing games where you feel like they have every opportunity to win, hence them being a game over 500. Now, there's an opportunity here. This was a tough stretch of the schedule. Like when we looked at this a couple of weeks ago and we said, man, you got Boston right before you head out down to Texas for four. Like that's not easy. And they went two and three in the stretch. I think if they would have had any of their bigs, probably would have had the opportunity to go at least three and two, maybe even better. Be that as it may, this is where they're at. Uh, And yeah, Orlando, that's a, I'm going to quote you, partner, that's a price of admission win. You have to beat the Orlando Magic. Now, the good news is the Warriors have been really adept at beating uh, subpar basketball teams this year. I think they're eight and one against sub 500 basketball teams. So uh, I, that maybe eight and two now with the Mavericks lost Saturday night. Regardless, they've handled business in those situations. So uh, this is a, a must-have it game. And what that would do then at that point is set up you being two games over 500 and the Brooklyn Nets coming to town, the team that spanked you up pretty good the first game of the year to show how much you've grown and how much you've changed since the last time they've seen you. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That Magic game needs to be a win and it needs to be a convincing win. And you need to keep making the chase center a tough place for the opposition to come and play all right let's hear uh, a couple of cuts here from steve kerr uh including uh just the level of play that that steph curry's been on has just been uh, tremendous steve kerr weighed in on uh how it compares to maybe some some previous stretches of curry's career i think that's part of steph's brilliance is that he just constantly amazes you to the point where you almost take it for granted I do think, and maybe it's maybe it's circumstantial given you know the injuries and the fact that he's playing with a different group of guys. But this is the best I've ever seen him just from a confidence and a strength standpoint, and, and that's saying something. Obviously, two-time MVP. I don't think I've ever seen him look better. Uh, never seen him look better. We touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the show. I mean, I I think you do get you do get bonus points, man, if you're doing it with a, a subpar cast compared to the, the, the previous cast. And that, the one thing that Steve Kerr said a couple of times that I really do agree with is how strong he looks, how, how strong he looks uh, in, in terms of just attacking the rim and getting to the basket and just attacking the defense. Eight more free throw attempts tonight for Stephen Curry. He's able to take some punishment, and, and it feels like he's getting back up and, and bouncing back up and, and still – uh, able to play at the the high level that, that we're all used to seeing him play at. Absolutely, and he's in great shape. And I know I mentioned this last night, J.D., but I think it's important. I, I think, or maybe it was on the pregame today, these shows are coming so fast and furious, but I think that time during the pandemic, I, you know, it, it, a lot of people, it was tough, right, because you felt isolated. Steph's got a great family unit, and I feel like, he took that time to really decompress and recharge the batteries, right? And and that lull at the beginning of the season was he thought he was going to have Clay Thompson, uh, and and it turns out he didn't, and that took a little getting used to. Kelly Oubre struggling. There's all these new faces, moving parts, like, and the team's trying to find their identity. And oh yeah, the first four games of the season, you didn't have Draymond Green, uh, and he really wasn't himself. He's just now kind of getting back to you know maybe the Draymond we've grown accustomed to seeing. So. It was a work in progress for Steph, but physically 
He looks terrific. He's locked in. And, and I think you can tell that he's feeling good, J.D., because he's so aggressive, right? He's not just living out on the perimeter, chucking up threes. Like, we saw it tonight, and you know, the, that, that and one where he's twisting and turning at the bucket. Then the next time down, he's got a nice smooth layup with a nice finish off the glass. Like, when Steph's in aggressive mode like that, you know he's feeling spry. He's feeling hungry. Uh, that's all, all signs indicate Steph Curry's feeling like a million bucks. Another key topic, and one that we really haven't touched on uh, to this point, uh, a little bit after the the road trip opening victory in Dallas, you know, how do the Warriors take what's worked for them over this stretch where they haven't had centers and and apply some of it to when they are closer to full strength or when they do have a couple of their bigs uh, back in, in the mix. And uh, Steve Kerr was asked about just that uh, in the post-game Zoom room. Uh, are there things they'll, they'll use from this stretch? You know, I think every game is different, and, and we definitely need to find pockets during the game to play Draymond at the five. He's he's now in a in a really good groove. His conditioning is where he needs it to be, and uh, he had an amazing road trip, which uh, handling the ball and directing our offense, directing our defense. So we've got to find some some pockets where, where we do go small, and we'll just have to figure that out. What what do you think is the right opportunities? Like who you know? I I, I maintain it should be almost matchup based. Like you map it out and you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks who you had a ton of success against playing small basically for the entire 48 minutes by necessity. Hmm. To me, you find some teams where the scouting report says, hey, uh, we have an advantage if we play small more regularly, and those are the games where you just you just break it out and you get after it. I, I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, but as we know from the you know discussion in the last 24 hours, Steve Kerr does like to be a little bit more regimented with everybody's going to get their time, everybody's going to get their opportunities. So it's going to be interesting to see how he how he organizes uh, when to maybe flip that switch and try to ignite his club by playing smaller. Yeah, it's almost like, and you tell me, J.D., this this kind of just occurred to me. The way that he handles his rotation is more conducive to the personnel that he had when they went to five straight finals. A veteran Leighton group who's all, you know, earned their NBA stripes and you know what you're going to expect. And, and as, as seasoned professionals, and not just veterans, but high-quality veterans, they kind of deserve to, to know what to expect. They've kind of earned that, um, you know, game in and game out from their coach and from their organization. I still feel like he's kind of coaching that way. And, and look, that's his ideology as, as a basketball coach, so you don't want to deter from it too much. But when you, it's a whole different like cast of characters, right? And, and I know Kerr loves the continuity factor, and, and so guys can get comfortable in those roles. I, I totally subscribe to that. But it's different now, right? It's a, it's a younger group. It's, it's a less experienced group as far as just games played and experiences Warriors and, and tenure with the club. Like, I feel like... The situation from the personnel has changed, so I kind of feel like the way that you would handle the personnel should change along with it. Like you, The same way you would coach a veteran team, the way you'd treat guys is different than the way that you treat guys that are younger or maybe don't have the NBA stripes that, that some of these guys do. So do you feel like maybe he's still kind of coaching this team you know, from the minutes like he has a bunch of dudes like Durant and Clay, and the reality is he doesn't? I, I think that's exactly what it is. I, I think he he believes that you know, philosophically, 
the the best way to go about coaching this team is to keep everybody involved. And the best way for this team in particular, I do think it, it can be contingent on your best chance to win. Like, look, your best chance to win if you're Steve Kerr with this particular team, just as a baseline for everything else you do, is you want Steph Curry and Draymond Green to be maximized together. So, and, and if Steph Curry wants to play the first and third quarters, you're doing that. So, so I actually have no problem with, all right, Steph first and third, Draymond, you want to mirror the minutes, so you roll that out, and then everything else is, you know, you're trying to figure out when you're going to sub Wiggins and when you're going to sub Oubre and how you're going to get Bazemore in and Damian Lee. Like, I actually don't have a problem, uh, believe it or not, with, with the rotation uh, as a whole, uh, I, I might shorten it by one man uh, on on a night in night out basis. I I might I might play one fewer big uh, on some nights or play small more regularly. I actually don't have a problem with how he how he processes or organizes it. I just think on different nights, you have to be able to adjust. Hey, maybe this guy's not going to play tonight, even though typically he would be playing every other night. Sure. Or when it comes to Steph in particular, hey, I might, I'm going to give Steph an extra two minutes uh, tonight that maybe I wouldn't uh, on a normal night. Yeah, I think as far as it applies, I think that's two separate conversations, and I agree with you in principle. I think as it applies to who they're playing, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, we've seen, you know, it's kind of positionless basketball in the NBA anyway these days, right? And and the Warriors in particular, they have a bunch of guys that can switch out and defend a lot of different positions. I mean, look, I know Dallas and, and even San Antonio, but particularly Dallas, was really conducive to playing a small ball lineup. You could actually get the edge, but you can learn from things. You can adapt on the fly. So I think... 100% you look at it going in and how we match up with this team and maybe if you know you can go small uh, you know have it in your your game plan to go small early and okay if you're getting smoked on the glass and it's not working out then you can adjust when you actually have big men at your disposal so i think there should probably be a bit more of a willingness to do that and just say hey you know Kevon Looney's you know probably not playing tonight if we don't need him or or whatever that looks like or you know maybe on a given night hey you know what probably aren't going to roll with uh, with Baysmore tonight or or whatever it's going to be but i think the other conversation is as it applies to Steph Curry and playing him some more minutes I think that needs to be you know going in like a game like last night San Antonio all the reasons that we laid out why it might need to happen like that and then oh yeah the the game script dictates like hey we're not scoring it's a close game Steph's on fire we might need to play Steph a few more minutes tonight because that's going to be the difference between winning and losing if you feel like it's it could be absolutely the difference between winning and losing if you play Steph a couple more minutes I think you have to be willing to do it but you only know that once you get into the flow of the game. 888-957-9570. He's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. It's Warriors wrap-up here. We'll extend the coverage again uh, all the way until 10 o'clock, as we like to do here on 95.7 The Game. More from Steve Kerr, more from Steph Curry, and more from Draymond Green all straight ahead as the Warriors get the win tonight over the Spurs, 114-91 to right here on 95.7 The Game. Couldn't handle a pass. Wiggins gets it to Draymond front court, trailing Curry. Steps out to the left for a three, and it's a swish. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Final segment here. Warriors win it in San Antonio, 114-91. So Golden State now 13-12. They will jump up in the standings tonight uh, all the way into the eighth spot uh, at the close of business tonight. That, uh, Covey, because the Sixers 
won in Sacramento tonight, 119 to 111. Back and forth contest, a lot of scoring, really good ball game tonight uh, in Sacramento. And the Kings have been red hot, uh, winners of four in a row, uh, and also seven of the last eight. Uh, but Philly goes in there already leading the East uh, and gets an impressive win to improve to 18-7. and seven. So Sacramento back all the way uh, to 12-12 and 12 now, so they fall into ninth. The Pelicans are up to 10th at 11-12. and 12. Warriors now 13-12, and 12, uh, basically in a virtual tie with Denver, who's played two fewer games uh, at 12-11. and 11. Portland, with their win that you mentioned in – uh, at home against Orlando, they move up to the fifth spot now uh, and drop San Antonio down to the sixth spot. But the bottom line is uh, <laughs> I can run all this stuff down and it's all going to change like five, six, seven different positions uh, by the time we hit the airwaves tomorrow on the final word at seven o'clock. Yeah, we do the NBA standing shuffle every night. And, and look, you know, it, it's important to keep an eye on it. And I know hoop fans care because, well, it's the NBA and it's awesome. But uh, it's a log jam in the West. It, we know basically who the top three seeds are going to be. It's the Jazz then the two L.A. teams. You figure at some point Denver will get it going, but maybe not. I mean, maybe they're just going to be a bit of an inconsistent outfit this year. Um, the Suns obviously have been playing some great basketball of late. We saw that uh, when the Warriors went down there and got touched up a little bit a couple weeks back. So um, it, it's it's going to be a log jam. And if you're the Golden State Warriors, I think we can all sense it, J.D., I, I think, like, if, if you had to ask, and I want to get your take on this, if, if, I, if I had to choose right now, do I think the Warriors are more likely to go on a streak and, and put some separation on the right side of 500 at any point or the wrong side? I would probably be inclined to say I believe they're going to go on the right side of 500. Now, staying, keeping Steph and, and Draymond and, and Wiggins healthy, like, that's paramount. We, I, I get that 100%. But I, I kind of feel like this team has a good run in them. And, and if they do that, let's say they go 7-3 and three over a 10-game span coming up here. Like, they could put some real, you know, a, a little bit of breathing room between themselves and, and that, you know, that, that group kind of hanging around fighting for the play-in tournament. So they still have everything to play for. They were never going to be a top three seed this year. Uh, but they, the other stuff is all still in reach for this basketball team. And, and what do you think, J.D.? If, you had to, if I put the toes to the fire, if I put John Dickinson's little piggies to the fire and I said, J.D., this team more likely to have a stretch of 10 games where they go seven and three or three and seven, which way are you lean in? I, I would say seven and three, as long as, as long as Curry and Draymond and Wiggins are, are playing. Now, if you lose Curry for two weeks, we're having a completely different conversation immediately. Yeah. And I think we've seen, uh, you know, dude that's averaging 38 points a game over the last five, uh, you know, if he has to miss any time, uh, then it's trouble. But but with the premise being they continue to play as they have with with Draymond only missing the the the, the first road trip of the season and, and Wiggins has been durable as he has been throughout the course of his career. And, and Curry to this point uh, has been able to to be out there every single night uh, with the way they're playing. I, I feel like I feel like they're more apt to get on a positive run than a negative one, and and that's not something you know. Three weeks ago, as this team kind of lingered around five hundred, I might have given you the opposite answer, but <laughs> but I feel like they are uh, showing some signs of of maybe coming around a, a little bit. And, and you know who else uh, had a, a similar comment tonight was the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, actually. So let, let's go ahead and rack that one up. 
uh, here from the post game Zoom room. Uh, this was under the with the context of not having the bigs and, and and how the team played over this last four game stretch. I think they handled it really well. Juan gave us great minutes. It's good to get Eric back the last couple of games and uh, and have him help us be such a, a strong, powerful player that uh, he he really helps when we are you know, shorthanded on the front line. But everybody, I thought, you know, really competed like crazy on this road trip, and you know, it's good to to be able to go home two two, uh, you know, two and two. We we could have been better, but uh, I think. Um, Anytime you go out on the road, especially you know where we are right now in our development as a team, two and two is good. And I, I'm still I, I'm still believing that we are close to uh, sort of tipping the scales and finding a little momentum. I really believe that, but uh, we have to prove that. And I think uh, the last couple of games, you know, they they show that. I mean, the two blowout wins in the two games that they won. They slip up in a couple of close games. They were right there against a good Boston team uh, that, that has some quality wins, uh, the, the, you know, themselves uh, on on their current West Coast swing, which is ending in, in Salt Lake City tonight. So uh, I I think this team has shown, you know, they've competed with the Clippers and the Lakers. They've had some duds in Utah and, and, and in Denver and Phoenix. Uh, but I, I think there is some reason for, for optimism uh, again, as long as they can stay healthy, that they can they can maybe put it together. Yeah, no question. And and look, I I think Steve Kerr. That's not just he's not just trying to inspire the troops or or you know put put a narrative out there like that's that's how he feels because basically that's where they're at. And when you win games via blowout, I mean they they beat the Mavs one forty seven to one sixteen in a game that the Mavericks really wanted to have. San Antonio tonight, after a, a really crushing loss last night on a back-to-back, the Warriors went out there and, and handled business after kind of a ho-hum first half. They put it on them in the second half. So when you're winning via the blowout and you're losing close games, I mean, that's what they've been for, what, the last six games, J.D.? I mean, after, uh, you know, you had the couple of wins against Minnesota, price of admissions wins, you you, you lose to the Suns, uh, you know, on the, on the back-to-back traveling after the Minnesota games. Since then... You've blown out three teams, and you've lost three really close basketball games. So, yeah, I, I think he's he's onto it. That's that's real talk, man. This team is close to turning the corner. But the last thing he said there is probably the most relevant. Now you got to go out there and do it. Yeah, now now you got to go out there and do it. And and I think you know it starts with Thursday. I mean, the Orlando game. That's the that's the perfect opportunity to get out there, get yourself right back to to two games over 500, take your chances with that Brooklyn game. Brooklyn's been weird this year, as we were talking about. And then <laughs> Cleveland, to me, is one that you got to get. And then and then we'll see with, with Miami. And then there's going to be some winnable games on the road, too, when the Warriors hit that, that next road trip. But, yeah, I, I feel like the Warriors uh, are getting closer uh, to maybe being able to go, not a major run, but but I, I feel like they're more apt to win three in a row at this point. Now that they were able to get tonight, uh, you know, than than lose three than lose three in a row. Uh, by the way, the Warriors also improved to eleven and one this year when scoring a hundred and ten points. That continues to be uh, the magic number. And we talked a lot about the defense in the first segment of the show. The Warriors held the Spurs to uh, 37.2% from the field. Uh, the Warriors uh, now 5-0 and when holding opponents under 40% uh, from the field. The Warriors uh, are, are also 4-0 and when recording 50 or more rebounds and 8-1. and Who says rebounds don't matter? The Warriors are 8-1 and 
when out-rebounding their opponent. A, a lot of the time, though, when you're out-rebounding your opponent, that's indicative of the fact that, that, that they're missing a lot of shots and you're going up and getting them. So that's, that's sure. usually a good sign you're playing good defense. It's just a matter of can you get the rebounds, and that at times maybe you don't take for granted with this Warriors team because they haven't been able to always grab the rebound to finish off the possession. Yeah, no doubt it's been a problem, and you would expect that it would only get magnified when you didn't have any bigs. But shout-out to Juan Toscano-Anderson. He's getting a lot of love on the text line tonight, and rightfully so. Uh, he stepped in, had a couple of double-digit rebound games in there. Steve Kerr is always going to harp on the fact that it's got to be by committee because there's nothing more deflating than you know having a really nice defensive possession, forcing a miss, but then the opposition uh, gets the rebound and even you know gets an opportunity and gets a second-chance bucket. It just it always seems to kind of work out that way when you give up that second chance opportunity. Uh, teams usually will make you pay for it. And and look, I, I think we saw it again tonight. This was a terrific defensive effort by these guys tonight, by one and all. I mean, it was across the board, particularly in the second half when, when they kind of smell blood in the water. Uh, they, they were It was a complete team buy-in. And we've seen them too, J.D., steadily climbing the ranks. What are they, number three in opponents' field goal percentage against? That's, a, that's an important stat. And look, San Antonio messed around and shot 37% tonight that means they're they're contesting shots they're they're just they're they're doubling they're switching they're doing all the little things they're hustling um they're getting hands up they have active hands like there's a lot of things happening on the defensive end and and it's not just you know like i don't know i know the first time they played san antonio and and, uh at the chase center spurs missed a bunch of threes there were a lot of wide open looks that'll happen uh but i think by and large, when you watch the games, you see the activity and the contesting of shots. And, and you know, there's going to be times where you don't have it and, you know, teams will score a lot on you. But for the most part, this team's found a defensive identity. And I, I just – I've talked about that in the preseason, how important it's going to be for this team if they want to make it back to the playoffs. It has to start on the defensive end. They don't have the personnel to go up and down the floor and, and you know, get in shootout games like they did against the Mavericks on Saturday night. Uh, it's got to be a defensive effort first, and we saw that tonight, and we've seen them heading in that direction for a while. So I think that's a major positive for this team. Let's go ahead and hear a little bit from Steph Curry before we call it a night. It's Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey. Warriors win in San Antonio, 114-91. to uh, Steve Kerr uh, mentioned you know, Steph and, and just how strong he's looked physically. Uh, and Steph uh, addressed that uh, as well and also brought up the work that he's done in the offseason. I'm blessed to be healthy after last year and, and obviously you know, the way the season started all the kind of commentary chatter and all that. I worked my butt off over the all season and with the rehab, like you said, and you know, I just happy to be playing night after night and hopefully that continues. And definitely said it before, I feel strong, I feel in rhythm, I feel ultimate control of my game. My shots are falling and it, it all comes with not only my own confidence, but the growing confidence of our team in terms of how we're, we're, we're trying to play. You know, win or lose, that familiarity and that comfort's coming you know, game after game. So that's that's important. But I definitely feel you know, the strongest I've ever been. Got a lot of energy feeding off my guys and just trying to make plays. It's, it's a good vibe right now. You got to take a, a negative and try to make it work for you. And I think, you know, Stephen Curry ha- has done that. I mean, whether it was the limited action he saw last year, the extended offseason due to the pandemic, you got to take a negative and try and turn it into a positive. 
And look, there was going to be, you know, before Clay Thompson got hurt, the, the conversation was going to be, hey, can this Warriors team run it back and be at a championship caliber level? So that was, you know, that was the target basically for Steph for eight plus months until the news came down that, that Clay was you know, going to have to miss, unfortunately, a second consecutive season. So I think he had uh, a fourth Larry O'Brien trophy uh, on his mind going into this thing. Uh, but it set it set himself up, the work ethic and the way he's taking care of himself and trying to use a negative situation as a positive one. Uh, it, it set him up very well to have an unbelievable season under some very different circumstances in terms of uh, the talent surrounding him than he's had uh, in his career. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's it's an adjustment period. And and look, right at the top of that of that clip, Steph referenced the chatter, right? I mean, we all know what he's talking about. The Warriors are finished. Steph Curry can't be the lead dog. You know, what the, the glory days are behind him. Oh, now you've lost Klay Thompson on top of it. Like this this team they're they're finished. Like all of that. And Steph's like, "Yo, have you guys watched my career? I mean, look, I, I know it was, there was still better personnel here, but Steph Curry, you know, won an NBA title, was a unanimous MVP, and this team won 140 regular season games and 31 playoff games and a Larry O'Brien trophy before Kevin Durant ever set foot in the building. So it's, you know, it, obviously KD made them better, and obviously having that, that depth and the strength in numbers, that was a, a huge part of it. But it started with Steph, J.D., and, and I think he took it personal that everybody was just shoveling dirt on this team and they're finished and, and all of that. And you can tell. Like, don't take my word for it. Just watch Steph play. And I think it's it's been good for the rest of the NBA world, in particular the, the Steph naysayers, although I can't believe that that segment actually exists, but I think we all know it's true, uh, for all of those folks to stand up and take notice. Like, nope, he's back. And if he's back, the Warriors, by default, are a playoff team and they're on the hunt. Because I know that was something you talked about, right, J.D.? You know, even like you look at James Harden's tenure with the Rockets. There were years where they were thin as a group. But because you had Harden, you're going to get over the hump. You're going to be in the playoffs. Steph has to be able to do that. Well, so far this year, he has been able to do that, quite literally willing this team to victory. So him referencing the chatter there, no question that kind of thing is what motivates him every single night. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it really is. Let's hear some Draymond uh, and you know how he's doing physically is always going to be a topic of, of conversation, especially having to play these last four games uh, as the starting center. Uh, and, and look, he had said that he feels like he's a, a couple of weeks away where we're, we're about a week into that couple of weeks uh, at this point. Uh, and uh, here's here's what Draymond had to say as far as how he's feeling uh, after the last four games and playing the five. Considering I'm tired, that was fine. I mean, oh, I, I've done it before. I mean, I, I don't think I've started at center four games in my role before, but I've played quite a bit of center. You know, I think, you know, it's great that Shaq ain't in the league no more. You know, those guys now, you know, we do got some, you know, Joel and Jokic and all those guys, but we haven't faced none of them. So if, if any time you know, that we have to be small, it's, it's been a pretty favorable schedule for us so far. 
And a, and a real good point and, and something that we, we hit on going into this thing. You know, San Antonio, y- Jakob Pertl didn't – he was killing the Warriors again until that third quarter. The Warriors just obliterated him. He he was a, a plus 25 in two games against the Warriors uh, in six quarters until the third quarter tonight. And the Warriors, I think, ran him completely off off the floor to where he didn't even play again uh, and, and wound up being – I'm looking at the box score right now for Pertl. Pertl wound up being – a minus 13 he was a plus 10 at halftime so he was a minus 23 uh basically in the in the third quarter uh, of the ball game tonight uh in the time that he was out there the Warriors ran him right out after he had been a pest for for six quarters yeah and look you would expect a team that doesn't have any bigs at their disposal to struggle against other talented bigs now the way you counteract that is get them uh, you know on on their defensive end right i mean use your size and your speed to your advantage pull them out into the deep water out beyond the three point line that opens up passing lanes behind uh and and you can really start to get that ball movement rolling so um it it, it cuts both ways in that respect now long term is it sustainable look in stretches certainly um you know you you, you certainly want to have some some big men at your disposal at some point i think we all know that uh you know there's nobody sitting around going boy they're better with without Wiseman and Looney and, and centers. No, of course. Like, the, the rebounding's been an issue for this team all year, but it, it certainly didn't hurt them tonight, and, and you can get it done in spurts. And, I mean, you know, you look at the game last night, J.D., they had a slight advantage in points in the paint, but I think we could all see that, that San Antonio had, had really tipped the scales and, and implemented their will defensively. Uh, so they, they swung that as a big net positive for them that the Warriors didn't have any bigs. Tonight, Warriors, they get the advantage uh, in the rebounding. They get the advantage on the offensive glass. They outscored the Spurs points in the paint-wise, 46-32. to 32. Now, I know a lot of that was just finishing at the cup, Steph driving, Oubre dunking, things like that. But still, like, when you can have that pronounced advantage, when you can outscore the opposition by 14 points in the paint, um, that's, that's a good place to start to win some basketball games when you don't have any big. So, yeah, Draymond's played plenty of five, and, and I got to give it up to Draymond. Draymond, last night, that was a really brutal way for the game to end. I didn't like the comments that he made, the, you know, calling it the smartest dumb play in NBA history. <laughs> um, that just did not sit well with me. But regardless, he's playing – his game has found another gear, and, and he was playing his ass off tonight. So uh, Steph is leading the charge. Draymond is kind of like his first lieutenant, if you will, his consigliere. Uh, and, and Draymond certainly, um, you know, set the tone on the defensive end. Everybody followed suit, uh, you know, getting behind him. So big props to Draymond Green. I thought he had a monster game tonight. One more Draymond cut before we call it a night here on Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Uh, I, I wanted to get this one in. He was asked about his offense and how he judges it. I I have no idea what he said, but I am fascinated <laughs> I to hear, hear what it is. Yeah. As long as I'm in a flow. You know, I don't really judge it off numbers. You know, I had, what, last game, 11 assists or something, 10 assists or something like that. I was horrible. You know, so I don't, I don't judge it off of how many assists I have or, you know, how many points. You know, I just – it's a feel thing for me. You know, if I can feel and tell, like, when I'm in the rhythm and when it's going well for me and when it's not. And, quite frankly, it won't always show up in the stat sheet on, you know, if I'm feeling good offensively or not. So, you know, sometimes it's it, – I'm getting great screens and I feel like I'm in the rhythm off my screens. You know, so I don't judge it off numbers. It's kind of a feel thing for me. So there you go. I was bleeping awful the other night, <laughs> meaning last night. Yeah. 
Well, and, and look, I, I think he's maybe being a little hard on himself. I'd like him to maybe split the difference, a little bit more humility last night, and then, you know, yeah. hey, we got it back tonight. But that's Draymond, right? When he's just one of those kind of dudes that he's just not going to do what you expect him to do. Uh, you know, uh, when the world thinks he's going to zig, my man's going to zag. And, and God bless him for it. That's what makes him unique. Um, it can be frustrating sometimes, uh, you know, because you don't think you're getting the, the straight the straight business from him. But regardless, uh, I do think there's something to the context a- a angle there about not everything he does shows up in the stat sheet. We all know that. We've seen him throughout his career. But sometimes the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet shows up in the one loss column, uh, like the way that the uh, he handled the last four minutes of the game last night. Well, I, I was thinking the exact same thing you were, which was how much is the conversation different today going into the game and even last night as we're doing the post game if he comes on last night and just says I was bleeping awful right it was a that was a that was the dumbest play like I I blew it I thought I was going to get fouled and then I panicked and I threw the shot up and dude didn't foul me and I bleep and blew it like you say that last night we're having a whole different energy today no doubt. But regardless, hard to argue with the fact that uh, whatever whatever path they chose to take last night, clearly they were able to use that as motivation night. Whether they compartmentalized it or straight up used it uh, to, to fuel their fire tonight, I think they played for Coach Kerr tonight. I really do. Um, and, and these guys went out there and, and played their tails off. Now, go out there and beat the Magic on Thursday night. Like, this is... Don't take another step back. I do feel like they're primed to take a couple of steps forward, but it's only going to show up in the results. So go out and handle some business. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Great stuff, my man. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Final word here on on 95.7 The Game. Good to have a final word. Feels like we haven't had one in a while. Can't wait, baby. We can even talk a little football. Who knows what we'll get into, J.D., but plenty of dubs, best believe. All right, so 7 o'clock tomorrow for Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Bobby. Thanks to Mauser. We're back tomorrow, 7 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game with the final word. And then we're back on Thursday as well, 5.30 for Warriors Live as the Warriors take on the Magic inside Chase Center. That's going to do it. Warriors get the win, 114-91. to And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law